Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is John Cunnell from the film consulting and promoting initiative Felix Motor Society. Now, let's start the show. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast. And you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm David Amaru, the writer-director of Deviation. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart. Page the screen. Com up in my bum, please. Snake, get up to my motorcycle, running and tracking up with my fucking snake, genius. With Dom, eating pizza and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The From Page to Screen Moviecast. Good evening. Good evening. I'm just adding Steve Miller. He's got two accounts. It's well sneaky. Oh, here we go. Isn't so that cheating? It's very cheating, yep. Especially because... Uh, <laughs> Because they've both got the same picture, which is always fun. So, uh, yeah, Bob, have you got drinks? I has drinks, yes. You has drinks, Stu. Have you got drinks, or do you go? Do you prefer these things dry? Oh God, what an introduction! I haven't been on one of these shows for donkeys, and you didn't introduce <laughs> me like that. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> at uh, least, at least you don't feel nervous about me derailing or potentially derailing a Monday movie show episode, which, you know, I've never done, but I, I do get the impression you think, oh, is this where it all goes wrong? <laughs> no, where it all goes wrong is the fact that they, is the show still a thing all goes wrong, in all honesty. Oh. Oh. Yep. So, it has been ages since you've been on one of these shows, Steve. I don't know how long We've it's been. We've missed you. We have. It has been about eight, nine months since wow. I've done one of these shows. Yep, that long. So you could have yeah. conceived and given birth in the time since the last podcast. Or I could, really. I was going to say, we make a lot. But who says I haven't? <laughs> that is very true. So, uh, Bob, have you got hmm. your recording software going or is it just me? Hey, it's just you, I'm afraid. I'm uh, I'm on the laptop, not got it set okay. up. That for is a recording. new problem, because I just, uh, you guys broke out slightly, and I'm not sure whether it's my internet or whether it's not. We shall find out. Yeah. We're, Stu, we're no um, stranger to wonky internet on my behalf, so. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. So, uh, well, Stu, you and I have got a date at some point. Pardon? We have. Oh, you, you, you heard, Bob. You heard. You heard. Fair correctly. enough. Um, I'm not being judgmental, honest. Well, nor should you in this day and age. Uh, exactly. Four years ago, we had a podcast with the guys from Cicada. Yep. 
and they've uh, they've asked if they can come on again because they said, oh, it's been a while, can we come on? So I went, yep, not a problem. And I think I've mentioned it to you, if I remember right enough, Stu, I copied you in a tweet or something like that, I think. Yep. If, there you go. And David from the Cicada crew messaged me the other day and he said, um, have you got the link to the original podcast episode that wow. we're on so I can reshare <laughs> it? I'm like, not a problem. I'll get it, yeah. It uh, took me about a week to find it. thought it would. Four years ago. can't believe it's been that long. I couldn't even remember when it was. But the reason I couldn't find it was at one point I put all my podcasts on TalkShoe. And a couple of years ago, I think it probably was, probably a bit longer than that, they had a, farm, uh, a fire at a server farm. So mm. they lost whatever Ooh. the content was. So the first episode of this podcast is available on TalkShoe at the minute is episode 261. And I'm now on 476. So there's 260 episodes that were lost. But oh no. me being a smart person, I made sure I always backed up the MP3 files anyway. So I've still got everything that I've ever uploaded. So I had to go through, uh, oh Jesus, like four years. I couldn't remember when the Cicada people were on. I, I really wouldn't have thought it was four years. I thought no, it was going to be two could, tops. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. Maybe one and a half, two tops. Well, put it, it was episode 29 of the horror show. Yikes. It was, it that was, was a while ago. It was me, you, and Lauren. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> so it's like, holy crap. That's a long, long time ago. It was. In galaxy far, far away. And it, it was a two and a half hour show. We used to do like two and a half hour, three hour shows by then. That was yep. just insane, which is way too long for anybody to listen to, I think. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be re-uploading the Cicada episode, but I'm going to be cutting out a lot of the stuff at the beginning. I'll just be, when, when they come in, it makes sense. Yeah. And uh, we will be visited again by David and whoever else he decides. But Cicada looks like it's finished. It's on IMDb. It's got a 2018 sort of watermark on it. So we shall... Well, you never know. We might actually be able to tease something out of them and get a little bit of an exclusive of when it actually is officially released. Fingers crossed. Possibly. I think my first question will be, why is it taking you four years to get your film out? (laughs) Who are you? James Cameron. (laughs) <laughs> no, Jim's coming takes longer than that. It's true, Jim's. Yeah, at least Cicada's coming out, which is is good. Yeah. But I put a poll up on Twitter today, and a whole like five people have looked. People just don't respond to Twitter polls for some reason. I don't know why. People but, just don't like Twitter in all general. Yeah, it's, better, <laughs> it's, it's better than Facebook, though. It's still a minefield of absolute hell. It is. Both are actually. <laughs> well, you were on about giving it up at one point, weren't you? I pretty much don't even post on there anymore, so I, it's pointless me giving up that absolute <laughs> car crash of a place. Why Why are you not a fan of it? It's just gone to hell, in all honesty. Um, it, it's just, it's full of just angriness and te- yeah. and horror, and it's just not a nice place to be. When you're actually trying to just be cheerful, I know me and cheerful in the same sentence is <laughs> But when you're just trying to, after having a horrible day at work or something like that, the last thing you want to do is just come back and see a lot of rhetoric and all that bull crap that Twitter spews out. So I just thought it was about time me distance myself away from there. I don't even post much on Facebook in all honesty. And how do you feel about taking a step away from social media? It can help. It clears your mind. Um, One of the prime examples is I went to a festival um, a couple of months ago in June, mm-hmm. I went to Download Festival for five days. Epic. And 
you'll be surprised at how much something like the lack of Wi-Fi or the lack of phone signal can actually help you declutter your brain a little bit. Yeah. Because when I was there for the first, like, I would say half a day, we got decent phone signal. And then for pretty much the rest of the festival, there was no phone signal at all. So you're not checking Twitter, you're not checking Facebook, you're not watching YouTube videos, you're not being distracted by the crap that's happening outside of you're the just small little, on with life. Yeah, of the small yeah. little bubble that you're actually in. So you can just concentrate on decluttering your brain, not overthinking things and just enjoying yourself. And maybe it's just trying to do that once a year where you spend about five days away from social media and things like that is a good way to just declutter yourself. One week in 52, great idea. Yep. yep. I, I like it. I tend to do it pretty much one day a week now. Ooh. I will try. I mean, I'll go on it now and again and just – because I've, I've basically I've filtered the emails. So it's like if there's a press release comes through, I'll chuck it in a folder and then deal with it on one day a week when, I, when I'm doing the website stuff. But I used to be on it all the time, Twitter, with the iPad, with the phone, with the laptop, with the computer, all a lot. I would probably spend six hours on it when I'm not at work, which is bad. That's not good. And now I will, you know, I could watch a whole film now without checking Twitter. I pretty much have my phone on silent all the time. And then for at least one day a week, I will switch it on to, uh, what do you call it? I'll switch off the Wi-Fi, I'll switch off the mobile data and just yeah. turn it into a phone. So if, like, yeah. you know, Bob, for example, wants to speak to me, he can still phone me up. But I don't have to check Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, emails. Because it, <laughs> you see a lot of people on social media and they're all bleating about how fed up they are. And I'm sure that a lot of that is because they're on social media all the time. It's like, just like yep. you've touched upon, Stu. Just get away from it. It's Overexposure. We all love technology. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking to each other now. But fresh air is quite nice as well. Yes. Isn't it? What's so, that? Exactly. Oh yeah, you're you're up north, aren't you? I'll uh, I'll send you a screenshot via WhatsApp. <laughs> so how was download? Because I know you a you were super excited about it, but you'd never been before. So how was it? Um, that was the first festival I've ever um, I've ever been to. In all honesty, um, never been to um, an opera um, one before, and it was it was muddy. <laughs> it was very, very rainy. We got very little sun um, at download. But again, you don't care. Um, when I was, when I managed to get some kind of basic signal and hearing or seeing a news story about people mourning at how raining, uh, how much the rain was actually lashing down and how much mud it was <laughs> and seeing some stories of people going home after the first day, I'm thinking you've spent all that money to get there to buy tickets to the five-day festival because the ticket was £200. You spent all that money to get there and you're leaving after the first day before any bands play. It's yep. a festival. Hmm. Sure to God, you must know what the conditions are going to be like. It's yep. not going to be that you're going to get waiters bringing your food all of the time and it's not <laughs> that you're going to get everybody's going to be put up in um, a million-dollar caravan or something like that. It's not going to happen. No. Um, it's so, not glamping. Yeah, it's just normal camp, and it, it's something where you've just got to completely forget about all the amenities that you're normally used to and just wallow around in the mud and just be stupid for a few days. And so yeah. they were stupid because they spent over 200 quid plus on leaving after the first day. So I I was fine with all the mud and all that, that hell. I just 
I was ecstatic when the buns started and just spent the final three days, which is the when the buns are on, just listening to all the music that I wanted to listen to and get involved in it and jump in the mosh pit and get punched and kicked and <laughs> no, thrown all the place. you didn't get punched and kicked. Did you actually go in the mosh pit? Indeed, of course no. I did. I'm 38-year-old. I was one of the oldest members of my group because there was about 27 of us. Yep. Um, I was one of the oldest members of me gr- of the group itself. But I was in it. I was making sure I was head-banging away and getting thrown all over the place. <laughs> like picture it. The, picture the scene from um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, when yep. he's gone into the that their room with the band Cannibal Corpses, them screaming away, everybody head-banging. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> So, who who were uh, some of the favourite bands that Um, you Slipknot. Oh, wow, okay. I I love Slipknot anyway, but seeing Slipknot live was was phenomenal. So, I entered Shikari live for the fourth time. Um, A band called Bad Wolves, which I love anyway. A band that I adore called Ginger. Mm -hmm. Ginger is a phenomenal band. Norwegian band fronted by a female lead singer. Um, I was up front and Ted Bang aware of that. Um, A brilliant band called I Prevail. Uh, saw Def Leppard. Wow. Um, Rob Zombie. Oh, wow. now, now I'm envious. We've got the envious point now. Yeah, so yeah. so saw Rob Zombie as well, uh, Lamb of God, uh, Trivium, Amon Amarth, loads of bands that you probably never heard of in your entire life, Peng Shui, Ground Culture. But yeah, there was in, White Snake was there, saw White mm. Snake. So it was um, the best that one of the interesting moments was seeing Def Leppard and yeah, yeah. Uh, the song Pour Some Sugar on Me. Yeah. And there was a there's a thing that you've got you get given a set of rules because there was a the the camp who I was part of which I can't mention the name because I know you don't mind a little bit of swearing but it's the strong swear word it's the swear <laughs> word beginning with the C C word and yep yeah it's the hunt with the C yep. so we were called calf calf camp daft and then you can just fill in the blank Charlie Hunt yeah yeah Charlie Hunt <laughs> see you next Tuesday yep. or Thursday. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, there was a set of rules. And one of the rules was whenever the song Pour Some Sugar On Me was played, because they knew that Def Leppard was going to be there anyway. But when the song play, um, Pour Some Sugar On Me, whether it be on somebody playing on their phone or something like that is played, everybody has got a slut drop. <laughs> okay. And now if you don't know what slut dropping is, it's dropped down to the floor with your ass touching the bottom of the floor and then you just get back up again. And so when they were singing Pour Some Sugar On Me... There was about 25, 26 of us just dropping our asses to the floor and back up again. So slut dropping to pour some sugar on me. What was oh. it for, What were the other, like, several thousand people looking at it going, why are they all just, uh, is this it, like a... That, that's the best thing about something like that. It's a festival, so people just lose their mind. There, there was a guy who was constantly holding up this dr- inflatable giraffe. And when we were watching Slipknot, you could actually just see the giraffe on the screen and not Slipknot because there's these giant screens all over the place. And then there was just this inflatable giraffe just flying all over the place. <laughs> it was just, it, it, that's the kind of people that go there. Yes, it's full of goths. Yes, it's full of people who are just dressed in black and all that kind of stuff. But they don't care. It, it was just all about people enjoying the music and just being stupid for a few days. Isn't the download festival did that is that the same festival that used to be Donington? They just changed it. It is name in Donington, right. yeah. Yeah. It used to be Monsters of Rock. Yeah. Right. And then I think before that it was just known as Donington, I think, wasn't it, Bob? Yeah. I think it, so, yeah. It? it used to be sort of like majorly influential by um, Ozzy Osbourne. So um yeah, it's 
it's huge uh, download. It's the biggest um, metal slash rock festival in the UK and one of the biggest yeah. ones in Europe. I think Annette went to it in like the eight, the late 80s or something, saw the cure. I'll have to uh, quiz her on that, but she, <laughs> she went to Donington as, as it was then. So, and now, you, if, if you're sure of the list of bands that are on now, she'll probably go, I pretty much never heard about 95% of those. She'll probably go, oh, Rob Zombie, oh, Slipknot. Oh, I never heard of the rest. Yeah, Ooh, she's Def probably Leopard. heard as oh, Def Leppard she would have heard of, yeah. but I think other than and White Snake, but I think other than that, she would probably be very similar to me going, yeah. Who's this oh. Grand Culture, Peng Shui, Ginger, Bad Wolves, I Prevail? Who yeah. are them? I'm on a Marth. So what have they done? <laughs> Alien, <laughs> Alien Weaponry shows you how diverse the music is. Alien yeah. Weaponry is a Maori metal band. Epic. So, yeah, and there was bands from Japan, bands called Man on a Mission, they're from Japan. Um, Ginger, they're a Norwegian band. Um, America, the UK, there's bands from Wales, uh, Peng Shui, they're a Welsh rap metal rock band, which were fantastic. Okay. So, it's just, my, it's my, that's my mecca, that's my home, I love that kind of music. Were the who there? As mm. in H-U, you know? Um, yeah. No, oh. the who weren't there, no. Pity. Good Mon- Mongolian heavy rock. Yeah. <laughs> wow, which is is quite a niche genre, I believe, isn't it? Mongolian well, yeah. rock. It's like Maori metal. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's not too many. It's like, oh, geez, another Maori metal band. I'm sick not of them again. Saturated, like the Ed Sheeran <laughs> of the metal world, aren't they? Here we go again. <laughs> so you will probably suffer the same thing I do um, for after San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> you just want to be there every single year. You get time going of, next year. Are you, are you going? Yep, are you going again next year? Nice. Yes, uh, about another, I think there's more of us going next year, so there'll be 30 plus of us next year in the <laughs> sequel to Camp, Camp Daft. See you next Tuesday, Thursday. So this slut dropping is just getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? Yep, the slut dropping, there'll be more sluts dropping. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with that, can you, really? So what was the thing that you learned this year that you will definitely take back with you? Was there anything that sort of came as a surprise to you? Where you're like, didn't know that was going to happen. I'll sort that out for next year. Uh, you need more money. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. It's very expensive. Um, if you if you bemoan when you go to the chippy for like £2 for a bag of chips, um, just a standard trio <laughs> of chips in a festival is like £4.50. So you need to yeah, take more money with you. And make sure that you do pack waterproofs just to play it safe. Because I'm glad that I took me hiking coat with us. Because if I didn't take that, then I would have been a drowned rat. Um, but I was prepared because a lot of people who I went with have been there more than once. Some of them have been going every single year since like 2010. So yeah. they, they actually prepared me to say that you need make sure you've got a, a plethora of baby wipes and snacks and things like that because when we're in the arena area, you don't want to spend a lot of money anyway. So take things like beef jerky and muesli bars, etc. So they prepared me for all of that kind of stuff. So I think I was quite well prepared. Nice. Sounds like a, have you been to one of these things, Bob? No, I've never been to one of the fests, um, rock fests, that is. I've been to various gaming fests, but yeah. You know, but yeah, like I say, it, I know several people that have, and you know, all of them have very good uh, you know, memories of it. And my sister's been trying to get me to one. Because uh, if you go in as staff, you know, basically you get kind of do work there, you get in for free. Right. You know, and you're only doing a few hours a day. 
And apparently one of the festivals, she did mention the name, and it's one that's themed around a lot of stuff and they've got a lot of storytelling involved as well as the music. And she said you'd do well going down there as one of the actors and getting in on it. Yeah, okay. they do like steampunk stuff as well as like all the music. So, is that something you're thinking about? I'd definitely consider. Definitely, yeah. Hmm. Cool. And so, like you say, not having to pay two hundred quid for the ticket. Yeah, that kind of works, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right with that. So, <laughs> what, what have you been up to, Bob? Since um, we, not since well, we last spoke, because we spoke yesterday. So, yeah. Well, this is it. Let's see. What have I been up to? Um, packing a house. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> impromptu defrosting of a freezer <laughs> yep. that's what happens the ice gets bigger than the fridge and exactly yes so yep. there was a bit of a kind of a slight issue yesterday so um but other than that done quite well i mean uh, my daughter's been up over the weekend i actually managed to force her to kind of get involved and sort through all her stuff so i now know what's being packed what's being binned so yeah i'm moving on yeah there's there's, there's lots of empty shelves and things like this around percentage wise what percentage is getting dumped from emily's stuff (laughs) i was gonna say mine or of hers of hers of of hers yeah 30 percent, maybe oh that's higher than i thought i'd be like five or ten or something like nope i need i was hoping close to 50 but (laughs) yeah well you could probably sneak in an extra 20 percent when she's not looking i don't know know where that stuff's gone no, no, oh, you must have put it in the wrong box. Oh. <laughs> it's fun in games. Yeah. <laughs> so, what have you been up to? Uh, Apart from working late. We're, yeah, working late. Um, I, I had the funniest film editing. I say funny. It wasn't, but it kind of is, but it's not. Funniest film editing experience. Annette was really, really tired last week, and she, it was like 9 o'clock, so she went, I'm going to go to bed. I thought, well, I don't want to go to bed at 9 o'clock, because it's 9 o'clock. Yeah. So I said, I'll tell you what, I said, you sleep, I will do some video editing because I want to do some tests on the, the Mimi short film. Because yeah. I'm using a new editing suite, so DaVinci Resolve 15, mm. which the wonderful Neil Johnson recommended. And the, the computer is now faster because I've upgraded the memory from 8 gig to 16 gig. My God, what a difference yeah. that makes. I'm quite impressed <laughs> with that. So I thought I'll just test it and I'll see how it handles editing, and then I'll know whether I need a new video card at some point, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to edit it in silence because Annette's sleeping. And because I come from a photography background, I I want to make sure the picture joins together. I'm not bothered about the audio for the minute because I could sort the audio out separately. I thought, right, I want to see if the pictures I've shot all join together. So I started doing this thing, and five hours later, I'd finished the whole film. I'd cut Ooh. it all together and I'm, and I played it and I watched it and I'm like, that kind of works actually. There's no color grading or anything like that. It's just yeah. a very, very rough edit. So I'm like, that kind of works. I'll render it into one big final clip and then I've, I've actually got a work print that I can go through and start tweaking around. So I did it and it carried on and probably about 60% into it, it crashed the computer. Ooh. So it's like, shit. So the, the monitor went out so I couldn't see anything whatsoever, but the hard drive light was still doing it, and the computer was still making its little worry, worry noise. So I'm like, maybe it's actually carried on. Maybe it's just blown the video card for some reason, but maybe the, maybe the thing will still work. So I went to sleep, got up in the morning, switched, the, rebooted the computer, and nope, it hadn't, it hadn't saved. Oh, damn. So it, it hadn't destroyed the master clips or anything, but all the editing that I'd done, so five hours work, 
gone. Ouch. <laughs> so it's kind of, I got the feeling, it's like if we all went camping and then you two went off somewhere for a drink and then came back and went, what happened? I'm like, I've just seen an alien flying saucer, but I have no proof. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and nobody, so I've seen the film and it looks good and it kind of works, but I have no copy of it because mm. it crashed and died. So, and I found out why I'd done it because when I was playing around with these editing settings, there is a there's like a compression thing, and I said, "No, oh, no, I'll just do it uncompressed." Now, bearing in mind, like a single episode of Game of Thrones will be about two gig, maybe, yeah. and that's what an hour. And the the Mimi film was fourteen minutes, and it was coming out because it showed the crashed file size, and that was currently at five hundred five hundred and forty three gig. Ow. So I don't know what I've done, but I'm pretty sure that's what crashed it. Because it should not be that size <laughs> for 14 minutes. So, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've sorted all the problems out. But I now need to then go back and restart the whole damn editing thing again. Not good. Which was not good. Because I'd watched this editing documentary and I've kind of forgotten the name. But Neil Johnson recommended it. Sean O'Banion recommended it. It's it's about editing. It's something like the cutting edge or, or something yeah. like that. They, they both said, oh, if you want to learn how to edit, watch this documentary. And it was amazing. And it's kind of like the one that you recommended years ago, Stu. You know, the side by side. Yeah. It's that type of thing, but it's all about film editing. And it's well good. I learned loads of new little things. So I was taking bits of footage from one clip and putting it at the beginning of another and making whole new scenes. And I was I was on a whale of a time until the computer crashed. And, oh, and died. So, but it, hopefully you'll have remembered how you did it, and therefore you can basically, you know, put it back together. Kind of. Uh, well, yeah, sort of, because it was only a test anyway, and I'd not done any yeah. of the sound. But it was more right. I need to leave this editing suite until Neil comes over and he can set it up for me. But <laughs> I, th- I think I know what I did wrong. Yeah. And this evening, I've taken some of the really short clips that I shot before I did the photo shoot, and just added some titles onto them and rendered them and so I'm slowly learning how to use this editing suite but it's bye bye Sony Vegas This I'm well, quite impressed with Da Vinci Resolve yeah. it's you, pretty good I mean this is it you'd think with Sony backing them Sony Vegas would be one of the cutting edge ones but yeah. you know obviously it's, not Da Vinci it's free it doesn't cost editing it's like <laughs> Because somebody on Twitter, uh, that, that I said, what editing suites do people use? And, and this guy said, oh, I'd use Sony Vegas and it's free. I'm thinking, pretty sure it isn't. It wasn't when I got it. <laughs> so I thought, maybe there's a new version that's free. No, there isn't. So I went back to him and went, um, hate to tell you, but it's not free. He went, oh, I thought it was. Uh, okay, no, it wasn't. <laughs> so, so he's got a hacked copy. He's probably got a hacked copy. I've just uninstalled it from mine, and I'm just using this uh, this DaVinci, but it's it's pretty good. I think when you get your computer up and running, Bob, I would highly recommend putting uh, uh, DaVinci Resolve 15 on it. I will do. So I have been doing that. Uh, what else have I been doing? I've got to go through 260 of our podcast episodes, Stu and Bob, and pull out the guest slot ones, so that, like the, you know, when Pollyanna McIntosh was on, yeah. or the original Skaters, because I'm gonna, I am gonna start uploading some of those old ones, and put them back on as archive episodes. Because it's a shame that they're lost. Yeah. I was gonna say, if you're doing that, one suggestion: make a, a spreadsheet of each episode, and you know, as you're looking at them, and who was in. So, like you say, if something, you know, war be tied, but if something similar happens again, 
Yep. You're not having to go through them all. You can just go, right, it's actually 163 I've got to go to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because the problem is I renamed them all. So it was like episode 30, the horror show. All right. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say who's on it. So there's, there's been quite. There was one guy, I think it was um, James Plum. He's a British filmmaker. Yeah. And because none of these episodes are labelled up, I think Stu and I are on, and I'm like, well, it's been a while since, and this was to the other guy, not Stu, obviously. I said, oh, it's been a while since you were on. How, how long was it? And he went, oh, I think it's been about four months, and I'm sitting there listening going, I don't know who you are. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> so I had to go through this episode and go, oh, yeah, that's who you are. But I just, I'd forgotten that a lot of people had actually been on the podcast. Excellent. Because I've been doing this a long time. So, yeah. A lot of flipping episodes. <laughs> So, what else have I done? Uh, I've signed up to Shudder. Have you signed up with that, Steve? Nope. Not interested or not, not so nope. much? Why? Why not? Just... Because I get a lot of film centres anyway, so a lot of the time they actually show on Shudder and Netflix and places like that, and I don't need to actually watch them on there. So Valid. <laughs> I, can't, I can't follow that reason at all. Mm-hmm. But nope, I've uh, I've started a new column on my website called My Week with Shudder. So I'm going to make sure I watch maybe two or three different things and then just type a lovely little article and then blast it and tag Shudder in so they, they know I'm here. And then, you know, next thing I know, I'll be working for them. That's kind of, that's my plan anyway. So, <laughs> there you go. But this week I watched Scanners from 1981, which is my favorite David Cronenberg film. So I sat and watched that, and then this evening, Annette and I have watched a documentary called Not Quite Hollywood, The Wild Untold Story of Ozploitation, which is all about the Australian film industry. Um, oh. Goes into horror films, talks about Razorback and Mad Max and pretty much all sorts. It's very funny because you've got the, the, uh, the real honest... Australians on there who are going that guy's a bloody idiot I wouldn't have him, I wouldn't have him in my films that sort of thing so it's very funny and I thought it. you were going to when you said exploitation I thought oh it's going to be about the Oswald State Penitentiary no I mean that's a <laughs> there's a lot of horrific things in that show but it's not really classed as horror so unfortunately oh. that's not on there but uh, I'm sure I'd easy to disagree I would disagree I'd, I'd <laughs> see that show as a horror show it's quite <laughs> shocking but great so I've got um, Shudder set up on my PC, my phone, my Kindle Fire, my laptop, and the Xbox One. Uh, it won't allow itself to be put on the PlayStation 4 because Sony aren't a fan of showcasing AMC pro- products. So that's why it's not on there. And, uh, it wouldn't even let me watch it through the web browser on the PlayStation, which was quite weird. That's ridiculous. Mm. But I, I did look into it. I'm like, why is, why is there no yeah, app why is this for happening? it? And people seem to think it is because it's a rival company that's, you know, I suppose Netflix is as well. But for some reason, Sony aren't a fan of AMC. But it works on the Xbox One, so. Fair enough. Because Sony has Crackle, so maybe that's the reason why. Yeah. I miss Crackle. Well, I used to be able to get that over here, and then it just stopped, didn't it? I don't know if it yeah. ever came back, but unless you've got um, a VPN or whatever. Yeah, it'll be easy using a VPN, but I think it's just down to the fact that Sony's got Crackle, so... Yeah, that would make sense. I used to watch mm. a lot of stuff on that. And uh, I think that's pretty much all I've been up to, I think. I did <laughs> learn that apparently there was a thing called cat dementia. Cats can get dementia. Didn't yep. know that. Did not know. I was quite stunned with that. Uh, Annette's mum's cat has been diagnosed with dementia. I'm thinking, how do they tell 
and it was so Annette went to it's like the cat will come in it'll meow and I'm, all the symptoms that she read out that the cat had that's what my cat had and he was quite old so I'm thinking that he probably had that as well so yeah but I didn't even know it was a thing mm. so that's uh, that's the one thing I've learned this week that there is a thing called cat dementia so um trying to think of a really kind of you know comedy kind of thing about kind of crazy cat ladies and what have you but i can't no you probably won't come to you at some point (laughs) you just imagine the conversation between an old woman with dementia and a cat with dementia (laughs) it would be like groundhog day wouldn't it just like really short the cat will be meow meow and then walk out and walk back in and go what was i doing again oh yeah meow and the woman will be exactly the same walking out for cat food walk back in what was i doing again Meow. Oh, yeah, cat food. <laughs> Hours spent just... <laughs> yeah. Just nobody gets fed. There's just The cat is just so annoying. Meow. What am I annoyed about you again? Oh, yeah, cat food. Meow. You've just made a reality TV show right there. People would watch that for hours. Just the cat and the woman having a conversation. Yep. People probably would watch that as well. Hey, if they watch Love Island, yeah. I know. I don't get There's people at my night job who are watching that, and it's like, it sounds, oh, such and such likes this person. I'm like, why would you watch that? I don't, I don't. It's fine if people like it, but I, I do not get the appeal at all. So. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, how's the world of VR, Stu? Is there any new VR things going on? Because I haven't played any for like a few weeks. No, um, I've just got me Gear VR and that's about it. I, I brought it out of the dust pile um, <laughs> for the first time in the, uh, in a while just because I'm actually getting back into a TV program. I know, shocking. Whoa. I know. There's a rare thing, isn't it? The Stuart actually venturing away from Rick and Morty and the Great yes. British Bake Off. <laughs> well, what's the TV show? Never mind VR, that can go out the window. Put it back in the box. What TV show are you back into? I, I put a poll up on Facebook um, <laughs> asking for I, which which series I should finish or continue. Because yes. it's like and, Stranger Things was one of them, wasn't it? Yeah, that was just a, a minor list of stuff that I've started and I haven't even got anywhere near it. And so it was the usual suspects, things like Game of Thrones, got through the first three seasons, stopped after that, got bored. Got through the first three seasons of uh, The Walking Dead, stopped that, got bored, never finished the se- the final season of Hannibal, didn't watch uh, the second season of Penny Dreadful, um, just just stuff like that, Stranger Things, um, watched the first four episodes of season one and then just stopped, considering that that's probably my cup of tea. And there's just a lot, a lot of stuff. The list just grew bigger and bigger, and so I had to whittle it down to just a, f- a certain few. Um, Andy suggested to me to watch that Chernobyl, uh, oh, yes. There's only been like five, six episodes of that, and so I haven't even started it. I haven't even attempted to watch it. Um, and so the, the one that I went back to was Stranger Things. Wow. Um, and so I've I finished season one. Yay. And I'm well, uh, three, qua- three quarters of the way through season two. I'm sticking by it. So I've got two episodes <laughs> to watch left of um, season two, and then I've got season three to start. What do you think of the difference between season one and season two? Because I noticed a big difference in my liking of it, shall we say. Yeah, it's very muddled season two. It mm. feels all over the place. Like it doesn't know, it doesn't know where it wants to actually stand. Yeah. And it just feels like the episodes are too elongated for some reason. Like there seems to be a lot of padding 
a lot yes. of unnecessary elements to it. Like there are story tropes in the episode, in some of the episodes, and it's not saying it's a bad season. It's not. It's actually quite entertaining to watch because there are a few little nods to things like tremors and gremlins and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. As soon as the gremlin um, thing came out, like, ooh, gremlins! And uh, when you when you see the the demigorgons grown up a little bit bigger, the dog versions of them, ooh, tremors! Um, and that just that's yeah, my brain was going ooh this ooh that, um, and, but it just feels like. There is enough in each episode to probably last about 20 minutes, and then the rest just feels unnecessary padding. Uh, but it's not bad. It's not bad. You'll stick with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worth sticking. I preferred season three over season two. Yeah. Uh, but season two, I remember watching it going, this isn't as good as season one. It's not gripped me. You know, if, if season two was the first season, I wouldn't be like, oh, I hope they do another season. Because this show's amazing. It felt really slowish until the last couple of episodes, which Netflix do this all the time with loads of shows. There's this like this massive build up for about eighty percent of the running time and then twenty percent payoff so that you're left with the end bit of going, Wow, that was amazing. I'm gonna come back next year. The problem with Netflix is to do that with all their films as well. So all the the people just going, oh, you need to watch The Silence or, oh, you need to watch Bird Box and blah, blah, blah. And you watch them and go, you don't really need to watch them because The Silence is a an idea that's been done before and it's been done badly with the, with the film itself. Bird Box, it's somebody blindfolded so they can't actually see the things and that's pretty much it. That's the trope and it was not very good. So it, it feels like they're doing that a lot and they're not learning from their lessons. They keep on tripping over themselves. They only every now and again come up with a good idea. Um, Annihilation, for example, I think it's still their best idea they've, they've done, um, original film-wise. Uh, but it just seems that they trip up a lot and they still need to actually find their feet a little bit more. They also need to advertise their films. I know they don't need to because they pop up when you, you boot up your, your Netflix anyway, but... Uh, I wish they would tell you what's coming out. <laughs> it's well, Stranger Things, I remember thinking it was going to be out on the Friday, and I put the Xbox or the PlayStation on on the Thursday, and I'm like, oh no, I saw Twitter actually, but it's like, right, I'm now starting it. You're like, oh crap, is it today? <laughs> no idea, their advertising's kind of. It's bit, not as bad as here trying to find the release dates for films on Amazon, because no. that's a car crash. Um, just like trying to find something to watch on Amazon Prime is a car crash yeah, as well. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Amazon Prime. I do have it, but that's mainly for the shipping of late. But yeah, I so very it, rarely go and watch programs or films on there. At least it's not as bad as that. But yeah, they do need to make some kind of schedule area of the the site itself, so it's easy to find out what's what's coming out on when. Yeah, you just got to just rely on Twitter. Don't you? Yep. People talking about it, and then you've got to watch it really, really quickly so people don't spoil it on their, on Twitter or Facebook for you. Yeah, which is um, surprising. The fact that I don't know um, very much about what happens in season two of Stranger Things, considering that how old it is, twenty seventeen. You would have thought I would have known it before I actually watched it. I know about a few bits and bobs, yeah. but that, that that's pretty much it. So um, just because I wasn't paying attention to it, so I'm sort of in a way going in slightly blind, but I know. If, if a character is in turmoil in the series itself, I know that they're going to survive because they appear on the poster or they're actually in the trailer for season three. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. You, you don't mind it if it's a year out and you go, oh, fair enough, it's my... I'm, I'm okay about hearing Avengers spoilers now because I haven't seen it, but 
you know, I've had enough chances to go watch it. So if somebody does spoil it, it's kind of well, fine. But... The fact that Endgame is very average, spoiler. Don't you find it <laughs> average? Did you find it a little bit too short? Could you have done with maybe another few oh, hours found, of footage? I found, <laughs> it, I found it way too long, found it way too pandering, found it way too childish at times, and it just it, I did, was not impacted by anything that happened in the film. Didn't even well, shed a tear. Oh, no. Yeah. So apparently people were shedding tears and stuff. Because they're idiots. Some people, it makes me <laughs> laugh on Facebook and stuff where people are like, I'm going to see it again for the fifth time. Like, no, watch something else, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've got a memory where you, you just, I don't know. There's, uh, there's only a couple of films that I've seen twice at the cinema within the past few years, and that was because I took a net to see them. So I went to see The Force Awakens again after I'd watched it cause I, and to, so she could watch it, and John Wick, Parabellum, I watched again yeah. because I took her to watch it. But generally, watch it once. Plenty of other films out there. Mm-hmm. But I would highly recommend Chernobyl, though. Yeah, I, might, my, uh, I might think about it because I don't want to sort of like overdo my brain a little bit because watching one new TV, well, one TV series that I started is more than enough for my little brain to handle at the is. moment. So. It's progress. <laughs> the fact that you're no watching a TV show... It's progress, and you should be proud of that. Yep. You should be very happy. Probably by the so, time it's finished, um, the Great British Bake Off will be back on to distract us, along with Rick and Morty Season 4, which starts in September slash October. It depends on when E4 slash Channel 4 wants to short over here. So um, Channel 4, E4, Netflix have got the rights to it over here. So it just depends on when one of them wants to actually decide to short it. But, um, yeah, and then they'll be back on, so I'll completely forget about things like Chernobyl and stuff like that. Well, with Chernobyl, five episodes, I would highly recommend you binge it if possible. Well, it's like I, me tr- I did. It's like so. me trying to get Andy to watch My Life as a Courgette, and that's only a 63-minute film, and he still hasn't seen it. To be fair, <laughs> I've not seen it either, and it's it just, I don't know. I don't know why I've not seen it. I'm not, I've got a hatred for it or anything. I'm just, for some reason, <sighs> I watched a film called Piggy the other week, which is a British one, and I've had that on my shelf for four years and I only just got round to watching it. And it was a very different film than I thought it was going to be, but I very much enjoyed it. But four years since I bought that thing. Mm. Bob's just as bad. He's probably still not watched Delman Louise. <coughs> there you go. That is a, <laughs> that's, that is a cough of agreement. Yep. <laughs> There's just too much stuff to watch, though. Still, 63 minutes. He watches um, TV series with episodes longer than that, but he can't watch one film that's on for 63 minutes. What's his uh, justification for not having watched it? I mean, mine is, I just keep forgetting. Pretty much his, that's the same justification for him. He keeps forgetting. Oh. It's a 63-minute film. Yeah. And so it, people can't even use the I don't have time because it's 63 minutes. Yeah. It's it's a long bus journey. Just watch it on that. It is. <laughs> it's, it's just like waiting for your lunch to cook slowly in the oven type thing. It's, it's yeah, there's no excuse. Yeah. Not 63 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've watched 39 episodes of Ray Donovan in the past month. I'm f- I, I was going to f- say, if you were going to say the last two days. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm now fully up to date on that show, and I'm now waiting for season seven to come out. It, I love that show. I may have to pass it on to Bob at some point. <laughs> but it's uh, it is very, very good. But, yeah. The last time I did that with a TV series was Prison Break. 
Um, my friend, he had the um, before they actually did the the new season of Prison Break. He yeah. had all the seasons on DVD, and I was ill for about a month, wasn't well at all, and so I just binged through the the all the seasons of Prison Break, just watched them all. Um, so yeah. that was the last time I'd done that with a TV series. Watched, I think it was in the region around about 45, 50 episodes in yes. less than a month. <laughs> I mean, each season's what? I think the first season's like 13 or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot. And then you've got the full seasons. Yeah. Um, wow. Season three's only like six episodes long. It's a short season, so it's not a very long one. But still, I watched I watched them all. Um, I was actually, because he lived in Scotland, so I was getting him to mail them to us. So mail me season one. <laughs> I'll watch season one, mail it back to you, and you mail me season two. And then yep. just do it that way. Nice. Have you watched the new reincarnation of Prison Break nope. yet? It was no, on my list. Yeah, That's very all... close to the bottom of my list. I've got no intention. I haven't even seen the new stuff from the X-Files. <laughs> I saw the first episode of the new X-Files, and then I've not carried on watching it either. I'm the same with Prison Break. It's on my list, but it's near the bottom of the list, so I've not yeah. watched that either. Oh, there's just too much stuff to watch, Bob. Um, what you're you're not watching any TV? To me, you're too busy boxing all your stuff up. And yeah, yeah, wouldn't be too long before the TV gets boxed. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that should be the last thing to get. Boxed. I was going to say, as you know, we've already discussed this. Once I get over to the new house, I'm going to put a you know kind of Wednesday evenings as my TV day. You know, that's going to be film watching and what have you. So. Yeah, I have a day each week when I do that. It's like, right, I'm going to watch stuff, which is why I've been able to get through so many episodes yeah. of Ray Donovan. It's like, right, I'm just going to blitz it. And then Annette stopped out a couple of weeks in a row. Not a couple of weeks, but like a, a Saturday for yeah. a two-week period. So I've had the house all to myself day and night. So I've battered through even more episodes of Ray Donovan and played a whole bunch of Lego Avengers, which I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm doing quite well at. I'm at 34% into that. Oh. Played a little bit of VR. But I've got loads more VR to get through, but I've just not bothered because I've been busy editing films and watching them crash the computer and housework and sleeping and all sorts of stuff. Sleeping. I remember that. Sleeping. I remember <laughs> sleeping. Yes. And uh, trying, to, trying to work in a 30 degree oh. overnight in an office, which is always fun. Which, yeah, uh, don't send me that one. Did you bad get enough the, during the day. Oh, it's horrendous. Yeah. But then when it's cold, we complain. Well, I don't. Who I does? Prefer, I, I prefer it <laughs> cold than hot. That's yeah. just me. I can put a jumper on. Yes. You know, basically, if it's... I can't take layers of skin off. Well, I could, but I'd probably die. Yes, I wouldn't recommend it. It's probably... Just go buy a fan. It's probably a little bit better, isn't it? I've got several. <laughs> well, we were going to have Rob on tonight, but he's poorly, so he cried off. Oh, I mean, get well soon, I, Rob. I don't think he was crying, actually. He just said, I'm not going to be able to make it because I'm not well. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, and we lost Rutger Hauer. That's a big one. This week, which is grim, 75 years old. Yep. Um, Favourite Rutger Hauer movie that isn't Blade Runner? Who, me? Yes, Bob. Split second. Okay, good choice. Stu? Blade Runner. Hey. <laughs> I had a cheat. <laughs> you got to do it. It's fine. Yeah, I you had like a cheat. Runner. It has to be Blade Runner. It has to be. What was the thing you were telling me on the phone, Bob, which was kind of creepy and, and weird? Well, this is it. It's basically a case of Blade Runner is set in the year 2019. 2019. Yes. 
And of course, you've got Rutgers famous scene at the end which he basically wrote most of that and had libbed kind of thing and you know you've got the whole thing and it's a case of you know like tears in the rain and time to die and the year that he did die was 2019 bit of an odd coincidence i'm surprised the internet hasn't picked up on that because they do like to yeah maybe they're too busy being grumpy about stuff because mm. it does I have this running joke where it's not even a joke it's true where the internet gets super grumpy about something once a week I think we've had the Boris Johnson one which was quite eventful to watch Twitter Light <laughs> just, up. Just, just, I joined in that one I'm, oh, uh, yeah. I, okay. I sent him I, did, I tweeted at Boris and I went congratulations on the new job I bought you a pot plant for your windowsill it was a picture of a Triffid <laughs> so I did actually I sent him that one um <laughs> So, but yeah, so the internet was grumpy about that. What else has it been grumpy about since Stu's last been on? It's grumpy about the Little Mermaid casting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was very angry about that, um, even though mermaids aren't real. And what else? That's never stopped about? the internet from getting annoyed. <laughs> no, it just gets annoyed. It was, it was very annoyed that Robert Pattinson will be Batman. It was mad yep. at him for that, which is fine, because they all associate Twilight, which was... I agree, crap film, but he's done a lot of films since then, so let's yeah. just give him, give him a little bit of uh, of space. It was, what else was it? It was grumpy about the Game of Thrones finale. Yep. Um, it was a little bit grumpy about Harry Styles maybe being cast in The Little Mermaid as the prince. <laughs> but it kind of died down a little bit, so it wasn't too mad at that. Um, what else has it been mad at? I don't know. Bits, bits and pieces. President like Trump to, a lot. It gets mad at Trump. It just gets tiring. Yeah. It's like, shut up, Trump. Mm. Um, so, Stu, what good films have you seen of late? <laughs> or, in fact, yeah. over the last, what, four months that we've got? Over the last eight months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over the last eight, nine <laughs> months, it's fine. Just read the big list. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know you sent me a message a little while ago saying that you've got to stop being negative. So if no, you bring I, any I film, think you're if, fine being negative. If you bring any films to the show, it has to be positive ones rather than you bad mouth and really bad films. Like, for example, Escape Plan 3 Contractors being an oh, absolute pile of tosh. I would think um, that. I, I mean, I'm a Stallone fan and I gave up on Escape Plan 2. I'm like, I'm out. Why? I don't even want to watch this. What crap. I find funny is that Sylvester Stallone turned around and says that the reason why he wasn't that much in Escape Plan 2 is because he was shooting Escape Plan 3 and that was the actual true sequel to Escape Plan 2. Escape Plan, sorry. And it's just, oh. no, okay fine yes escape plan, plan three started to begin shooting uh round about halfway through while escape plan two was being edited and stuff like that so that's why he's not in it that much um but that's no excuse to still be in a big pile of steaming turd because it's an awful film it's a, it's a film that's about a big huge massive maximum security prison and the title of the movie is called escape plan so it's coming up with a plan to escape the prison not to come up with a plan to Get into the prison and take somebody out of the prison. That's not escaping. That's rescuing. So that's rescue plan so rather than escape plan. So it should be like escape plan to rescue plan. Or would you just go, let's just call it rescue plan. Yeah, it's got uh, Devon Sawa in it. I can never remember his surname, but Devon Sawa in it. He's in the new um, Fred Durst movie. Fred Durst has directed a new horror film with John Travolta in it. And Devon's... <laughs> Devon uh, Sawa plays um, this this sort of like acting god who uh, John Travolta has um, an unhealthy relationship with. 
and the fact that he stalks him and kidnaps him and starts torturing him. So yeah, there's uh, there's a new film like that. But Devon Sawyer, he plays a bad guy, and he can't act. The best acting he's ever done was in either The Faculty or Idle Hands, and that was ages ago. Oh God, that was a long time. Was that early two thousands or something? Yeah. Um, wow. So it's awful, Escape Plan 3. But I'll just ignore Escape Plan 3. Um, just, yeah, there's been a few films. Surprisingly, I liked Bumblebee. Andy didn't like it at all, but I liked it. I was I wanted to chat to you about Bumblebee. It's, I've got the Blu-ray, and I've tried watching it twice, but I just can't get it. I'm not hating it. I'm not like, my God, this film's terrible. I don't want to watch it. But it's just not grabbing me for some reason. What got so pitch me on Bumblebee then? I like the fact that it's set in the eighties and the music soundtrack's pretty impressive. And it's directed by Travis Knight, who did uh, Cooper and the Two Strings for Leica. Ah, okay. So that that should point you in the right direction. It's also mm-hmm. it's got a very fit, much feel of uh, the Pete's Dragon live action remake, yeah, which I actually did like as well. Um, it just feels a little bit more of a personal film. There's a lot more depth to the film itself. There's a lot more character to the film itself. There's a lot more heart because rather than it being just a smashy, grabby, crashy, explosive kind of film, which I know a lot of people actually love that idea. We've seen several versions of that over and over again. And it's the same thing over and over again. Whereas this one, there's a little bit more heart and depth to the movie. There's a lot more at stake because you actually feel the impact that the bad things happening to the characters is happening rather than you just it just passing you by. Um, yep. So I, I would just watch it for that nostalgia 80 kind of, 80s kind of feel to it, because yep. that's what it reminded me of, very much similar to Pete's Dragon Remake. So if, you, if you've if you seen the Pete's Dragon Remake and you like that, then that's I think that's how you latch onto um, Bumblebee more so. Okay, yep. So I'll give yeah. it a go then before trading it in. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would I would give it a give it a watch. Um and the best trilogy that I've seen in a very long time rounded out this year with How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World. Um, I just absolutely adored that trilogy, an absolute phenomenal trilogy, because we've had the fourth Toy Story movie, which I was slightly disappointed at. I thought it was good, but that's it. It just didn't need to be a film. It yeah. was one of those 30-minute shorts, which are in the front of films, or um, part of those Christmas DVDs where you buy from Tesco's for like £5. Yeah. <laughs> but it just didn't have enough um, content for it to be a full-length feature film. So I, th- I was slightly disappointed by that. But How to Train Your Dragon 3, phenomenal end. If you're looking for an animated film with just beautiful animation and a lot of heart to it, then definitely watch that. I loved the first two. I've still not seen the third yet. I would I highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it. It's the perfect yeah. way to end a trilogy. And they have turned around and said that this is definitely just a trilogy and that's it. There is no, yeah. going to be absolutely no more, which I believe them because yep. it's how long it took them to actually make this trilogy in itself. And I believe what they said is true. So there is going to be no more. Um, obviously, Us, the Jordan Peele film, the second film from Jordan Peele, it's out on Blu-ray and DVD tomorrow, Monday. Um, highly recommend that as well. He's sophomore uh, film. It's a, I think it's easily more approachable than Get Out is, but not in some aspects. Um, Lupita Nyong'o is fantastic in it, doing the, the split personality roles. And when you hear her speak for the first time as the evil character is very unnerving, very, this is a weird analogy to have, but it's very similar to the bear scene in Annihilation. That, that the impact that that bear scene, that, that bear with the human voice, she's got a similar kind of growling, nasty tone <laughs> to the voice. And it's very unnerving. So definitely watch that. 
I watched a documentary also called Die Tomorrow. Um, I'm probably going to absolutely butcher the director's name. It's Nawapol Thamron Garrett Tarrant. I think uh, that's exactly how he pronounces it, to be honest. And it's a very yeah. intriguing documentary. It's about death. And it's split into six uh, vignettes about exploring death with uh, people of different ages, about mm. people who've lost uh, family members, but not just looking at death in the negative fashion, looking at death in the positive side of things as well, celebrating the life of people yeah. who've passed away and uh, digging deep into Thai families because it is a Thailand, uh, it's a film from Thailand. Yeah. Um, and it's a very intriguing documentary. It's not going to be for everybody. It's a very niche kind of documentary, the way the director actually does some of the vignettes. But it's definitely worth a watch if you're after an intriguing documentary about death. Mm. I would okay. recommend that as well. Um, Mirai, um, which is a phenomenal animated film, um, directed by a director called Mamoru um, Hosada, who did a film called The Girl Who Let Through Time and The Boy and the yeah. Beast which came out in 2017, which I highly recommend that one as well, The Boy and the Beast. Very similar to like Spirit of the Way in tone, but Mirai is about a boy who discovers a portal in his back garden that's able to transfer himself into relatives in different parts of time. Um, and he ends off meeting up with his sister in the future who tries to, him trying to bring her back into the present to try and sort of like establish some kind of friendship slash relationship with her because his sister in the present is a young baby and he can't seem to latch onto her. And it's just about him traveling through these different time periods, being able to see family members to see how they're coped. And it's just a beautiful animated film. So I highly recommend that as well. Very complex in its narrative, but simple in its tone. Mm. So, and the Lego movie too. Because yeah. <laughs> it's the only is thing it, that's made me laugh this year. Brilliant. So it is, it is still awesome, is it? Oh, God, yes. Is, is that dreaded song in the film as well? Yep, briefly, but um, it's there's a few other songs that drills it out your brain. <laughs> a few more earworms. Yeah, so going from all the obscure films, uh, death and um, time travel <laughs> to Lego. Yeah. Why not? Exactly, why not? Well, I finished off watching the Before Midnight, or the, the Before Trilogy, as they call them, the Richard Linklater things, with uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi. Have you seen those? Stu, I'm guessing you may have seen them. Yeah. Um, Bob, I'm guessing you may not have. No, no, don't. No, I know nothing are, of them. First film came out in 1995, Beyond Sunrise, or Before Sunrise, sorry. Ethan Hawke, Julie Delphi, it's pretty much just them talking. They bump into each other in a train, they spark up a conversation and there's a little bit of a romantic kindle, you know, sort of spark goes there. Film finishes, lots of dialogue. 2004 comes another film called Before Sunset. They bump into each other nearly 10 years after they met in the first place. Lots more talking, blah, blah, blah. They find out what they've been up to. And then in 2013, we get the probably the third and final one, Before Midnight, which is them bumping into each other. Oh, they've actually been together for a little while, and it's it's just talking. Yeah. They're, they're really, really good. It's such a good trilogy. So mm. that's, I bet the trailers are kind of crap, because it's just them talking. <laughs> but what did you think of those uh, films, Stu? Good films. Can't be as bad as the uh, trailer for film Socialismo, where what? the entire film is actually the trailer. What? Literally the case. Watch the trailer for um, film Socialismo. The trailer's on for about three minutes, ten seconds, and it's just the entire film there sped up. 
<laughs> What's the point? What's it's the a Jean Luc Godard that? movie, so Jean Luc Godard oh. is a pretentious director anyway. But he thought it was a smart idea to make the trailer the film. So you just need to watch the trailer, and that's it. It's an absolute tosh of a film because I've seen the film <laughs> itself anyway. But it, it, it's such self indulgent tripe. Um, but, but that's what he's like anyway, Jean-Luc Godard. But if you want to watch a film in three minutes, ten seconds, watch the trailer for Film Socialism on. There you go. <laughs> that's insane. Mm-hmm. I watched, have you ever heard of a film called Lords of Chaos, which came yep. out last yes. year? Yes. I watched it about five months ago, I think it was. Weird film. It's just come out on, I think Arrow have released it, where it's uh, Rory Culkin, and it's all about Norwegian black metal. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of... Strange. I don't know if I liked it or not. It's kind of weird. Uh, Stu, what, what, I'd rather hear your review. <laughs> what did you think of it? Because I am totally undecided at this minute. Yeah, it's it's like you said. It's a bit of a strange film. It's not. People think that when they hear um, that that kind of title, they think, "Oh, it's a horror film," or they look no. at the the um, the box art and think, "Oh, this is definitely a horror film," because the the box art has got like a very crow kind of serial killer look. Um, but it's not. Um, the director, though, Jonas Auckland, I think it's his best work when it comes to feature-length films because he did that absolute garbage movie, Paulie, this year, the one with uh, Mads Mikkelsen in it on Netflix. That's a horrendous movie. Um, so he's mainly just done documentaries and he mainly just shoots um, music videos for bands like um, Rammstein. And he's done music videos for Metallica, Lady Gaga. Um, he did a, a short documentary about the Russian girl group Pussy Riot, which there is a documentary based on them, um, which came out in 2015, which is a fantastic documentary. But I, I think Lords of Chaos is his best film. It's got a little bit more of a narrative to it compared to uh, to Paula. Um, good acting, um, but mm. it, it's not bad. It's not the kind of film that you might expect it to be, though, because, again, you look at the, the box art and you think, ah, this is a serial killer film. The serial yeah, killer tinges to it. Yeah. But it's not as graphic as the 18 certificate is given it as well. I think it's a very soft 18. I think it's more in kind of a top end 15 because I've seen more nastiness in a 15 rated film. Look at um, the original um, It from a couple of years yeah. ago. I think yeah. that's a more harsh 15 than what Lords of Chaos is as an 18 rated film. So it, it's a questionable 18. Now, one of the best films that I've seen over the past few months or weeks, which I'm, I, I would bet money that you've seen this, too. Brawl in Cell Block 99. It's too long. What, too, <laughs> what do you mean, too long? It's <laughs> too you, long. I just thought the film was too long. Yeah. Oh, okay. Were you not a fan of the film, other than the fact it was a little bit too long? or it's Again, it's not as brutal as it's made out to be. In all honesty, um, S. Craig Zeller, who directed it, he, he's known for his brutality in his films. You look at Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk's a bit of a boring film until it gets up to the cannibal bit in the last 10 minutes, and it's a bit still, you look at it and go, is this two films? Um, yeah, yeah. Bone Tomahawk definitely feels like, it's like Western, Western, Western horror film. Well, hang on a minute, where'd that come from? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's and still good. What I, what I find funny is that S. Craig Zeller, he wrote um, the last Puppet Master film, Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. He, okay. wrote, he wrote the screenplay for that, which is actually not bad, considering it's like the 17th Puppet Master film. It's actually, when it comes to the 17th movie in the series, it's not bad. But yeah, I just found uh, Brawl in Cellbox 99 was just way too long for the, the content. It's a good performance by Vince Vaughn. He's amazing in it, because considering I've seen him do drama roles and stuff years and years ago, like Return to Paradise and stuff, but he's known for his comedy roles now, isn't he? But I was instantly 
you, you took a liking to him, even though he was a brutal guy. He was, he was a likable character in the film. But I, not for a second did I look and see comedy Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. on that. I think when the film is brutal and it has its brutal moments, it, it is brutal, but it's not brutal all the way through. No, I, a lot even, of people thought it was. Yeah, even the face stomp scene. It, it yeah, that, sounds, that went on for about an hour, didn't it? it but it felt if like you look that. at films like Irre- the Gaspar Noir film Irreversible that came out 15 yeah. years ago, look at that the, the fierce stomp scene in that one, which involved the fire hydrant being smashed at the guy's face, and the, the camera lingers on it for a good few minutes. Um, you, you look at things like that. You look at even the curb stomp scene from American History X, the yeah. sort of like power behind that. When you watch this, because you could definitely tell it was a prosthetic, it mm. just didn't have that crunch or impact. It sounds really dodgy, that. But it just didn't have that impact there. And I just felt like, oh, we needed to add something a little bit extreme in, into the mix just to make it a little bit extreme. True. But it made me jump. made me wince. <laughs> but you know, I think I would watch it, and I would recommend Bob watches it for the performance of Vince Vaughn. thought it was, it was yeah. very good. Uh, I would recommend that nobody ever watches Independence Day Resurgence, which I finally got around to watching. Now I know why it's taken me so long to watch it. It's freaking awful. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's kind of nice seeing Jeff Goldblum and Judge Hirsch and Bill Pullman and stuff back on screen again. You go, oh, I remember them characters. But other than that, the film, it, it does not feel at all like a sequel to Independence Day at all. I'm guessing it probably didn't make Stu's top ten best films of whatever year it came out it's like 2016 <laughs> or something no no not at all it's not good it's uh i didn't pay money for it though i taped it off the horror channel so <laughs> i was uh i was all right with that i did finally get around to watching deadwood the movie so i have now seen all available episodes of deadwood so i'm very happy with that i'm quite happy with the way it ended i think bob will love it because there's Excellent. enough ian mcshane in there to Switch. be happy there's enough bad language the, uh, the the Chinaman's back again so with the same of, words. With the same words, yeah. excellent. So a lot of the the characters that you've not seen for ten years, they are back on screen for uh, for a couple <laughs> of hours just to round off the show. So that's pretty good. Um, Stu, have you seen the Mule, the Clint Eastwood film? Yes. And uh, I really liked it. Did Stu like it? Did you like it? It was okay. Uh, that, that, that's, I'd, I'd settle for that. Yeah, that, that's a problem I've had this year with a lot of films. I'm going to really struggle with putting my 10 best film list together uh, because I've just found a lot of films languishing in the middle area into the meh area. Yeah. More so this year than, than last year, in all honesty. I think last year, when I got to like halfway through the year, I had a clear six films. And then yeah. there was a, um, at the end of the year, I was struggling to get, like, I had my full 10, but trying to find uh, five honorable mentions. Shush how picky I am. Um, <laughs> but this year, I'm finding it really difficult, just find it really hard to find, like, movies that are even getting an eight out of 10 for me. I think I've only given, like, three films, four films this year, an eight out of 10, because I, I do grade them just to make it easier for me to actually be able to, to filter out the worst from the best. Um, and it's going to be slightly more easier, I know, surprisingly, for me to find my worst list than it is to find my best list because this year has not been such an impactful year because even Avengers Endgame is not going to make my list. Um, but at the rate that it's going at the moment, it might even make my honourable mentions, which is surprising considering that I actually felt like Spider-Man Far From Home was a better film. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. 
Mm. And do you think uh, It Chapter 2 might make it into your top 10? God, yes. Have you seen that? It's on for two hours and 45 minutes as well. Is it really? Oh, my yes. God. Right, two hours sure and I go and watch that at a daytime showing. Two hours and 45 <laughs> minutes is on for, but that's how you do a trailer. That, that final trailer that the release from Comic-Con, oh, my God, if you're not interested in the film, then there's something seriously wrong with you because that's a trailer and a half. It was amazing. I watched that trailer a few times. I watched it first and I'm like, Annette, you've got to watch this trailer. So I put it on downstairs and she's like, when's it out? When's it out? But for me, out of all the trailers that were shown at Comic-Con, there was that that sort of like, if you look at film-wise, that won it for me. But the TV trailer, that absolutely is going to definitely make me watch it. Um, not the, um, his dark materials, which looks actually quite interesting, um, yep. his dark materials, but it was the trailer for Picard. The Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've not oh, seen the tra- I've seen the poster, but I've not seen it. the trailer yet. Oh, yeah, that is the a, trailer. Yeah. That is oh, a God. bloody brilliant trailer, that, for Picard. I was watching it going, this so reminds me of Next Generation. And Next Generation is my favourite of the Star Treks. Um, and it so reminded me of Next Generation. Not spoil anything regarding the trailer, but oh, there was a lot of fan service in that trailer. And I was just going, this is definitely a TV series that I'm guaranteed to watch. What about you, Bob? Are you, gonna, um, are you looking forward to watching it? Because I know you're not you 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 like some of the Star Trek, but you're not a massive, you know, trekker. Well, this is it. I, I like a lot of them. Um, I was never a great fan um, after kind of Deep Space Nine. So, mm. like you say, Next Gen, yes. Yeah. DS Nine, yes. Definitely. Voyager. Uh, yeah, see, I couldn't get into. I gave it a yeah. go. I maybe gave it one and a half, two seasons. Yeah, there were a couple of good characters in there. Yeah, but I don't know. It just didn't have the same impact as the other, you know, series. So, yeah. But Picard, I've seen the trailer, and yes, I, I'm with Stewards. I'm looking forward to it. The it's best like episodes, with- isn't it? It, it, yeah, it's not very many episodes. The best way to look at it is it's if you put it in context with like the superhero universe, it's when you first watched the trailer for Logan. Yes. It reminds you a lot of how they handled James Mangold handled Logan. It, it reminds me a lot of that. So, yeah, yeah nice. def, it definitely. Yeah, it you doesn't definitely pull any punches. Yeah, you definitely need to watch it. As soon as you finish the podcast tonight, you definitely need to watch that trailer for um, for Star Trek Picard. So it looks so good. I will. I did. Uh, I watched the trailer for Top Gun Maverick, which looks pants. <laughs> See, I'll watch it, but it, that trailer was just full of uh, fan service. I think to to use a phrase that you've yeah. used. So it's like you've got your volleyball scene in there. You've got the sunglasses, the jacket, the bike. The it's like even some of the shots were just like lifted straight from the the first film. And I love the first film. I'm I'm looking forward to the second one, but I, I thought the trailer was a bit crap, to be mm-hmm. honest. But I suppose it was it, the Comic Con place would have gone berserk, as it would have done when Tom Cruise walks on stage and wasn't even meant to be there type thing. He just walks on. He's like, "I got everybody. I've got this." I bet the the uh, Hall H was kind of insane, but yeah. I'll watch it. I'm looking forward to watching it. I did rewatch a film which I know Stu we've talked about before, and. I've seen it before, and I was forced to watch it again, and it it's still as bad as the first time I saw it. And it's doing this thing where she she's reading some Agatha Christie books, and then she's alternating those with Stephen King novels. And so when she's finished a Stephen King book or an Agatha Christie one, if there's a film adaptation of it, 
she will you watch, watch yeah. the relevant film. So she's done them all. We've we've rewatched The Shining, we've rewatched It, we've rewatched The Green Mile, and she's just finished reading the book of uh, Cell. <laughs> mm. So she's like, "Is there a film of this?" I went, "Oh God, yes." She went, is it any good? I'm like, oh, God, no. She's like, why not? I'm like, it's just not good. It's awful. She's like, well, it can't be that bad, can it? I'm like, no, it can't. It can't. It's one of the worst endings ever. It makes no sense whatsoever. The the film's bloody awful. Yeah, so it's, she, it's very much like things like the Langoliers and stuff like that. It's on that kind of caliber. It's worse than the Langoliers. The Langoliers I can stomach and go, fine, you had no money to make a film. It's fine. But she finished the book of Cell, and she's like, that's a really good book, actually. I really enjoyed it. I'm like, okay. I said, how does it end? And she told me how it ends. I'm thinking, that's not how the film ends, but never mind. <laughs> so she's like, I'm intrigued we- now. How does the book end? Then? Um, I have forgotten, but I'll get her to, re- to retell me, and then I'll tweet it at you. But it's it's nowhere near like the um, like the film ends, um, yeah. with, with the bobbleheads. <laughs> yeah, because Cell reminded me of that Nicolas Cage film, Left Behind. Yes. Oh, that's an awful film. It's Nicolas Cage doing a Jesus movie. It is. A plane. It's all, all a plane. about a rapture. Yeah, it's awful, that film, but that's what Cell reminded me. It did feel like it was part of that kind of um, actors being starring in religious-esque kind of films. And so did, you were waiting it? for the religious all- uh, um, allegory re- um, re- behind Cell, but it never happened, and you're thinking... Okay, so have they taken ideas from things like One Missed Call or movies they got? And even One Missed Call, the remake's better than Cell, and that's saying something. (laughs) (laughs) So we put the film on, and it it starts off, and everybody goes, I don't know whether you know the premise of it, Bob, but it's like everybody just starts going crazy because there's weird frequency that starts going through mobile phones and turns everybody into sort of 28 days later type rage killers type thing. John Cusack very quickly works out, hang on a minute, something to do with a mobile phone, I'm not going to use mine. Um, so we're sitting watching this film, and, and it's like, uh, that's not in the book. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I'm looking to see how long it is before the end of the film, and then it gets to the ending, and it's just like, for some reason, this big bomb goes off, and then the all start, well, John Cusack kind of ends up going a bit loopy, and it's, I don't know how many, thousands of people in this mob, I think, at the end, Steve, where yeah. they all just start bobbling like they're listening to music and they're all weaving their heads and bobbling and walking in some sort of weird big congo type dance <laughs> thing you're like the fuck's going on here what, what when did this turn into this thing and then it just looked at me and just like what the actual it? what the that's that's the ending <laughs> i'm like that's the ending she's like that is awful and then she just went into a, a rant of Stu miller proportions where it's like what the hell were they doing? What they've missed? Oh my god, that's nothing like the book. I'm never watching that again. I'm like now, you get where I am. <laughs> so I've watched that twice in my yeah. life, which is two times too many. Terrible. Yeah, if, you, if you want to watch a film that's that's got a similar theme, but it's a million times better, watch the British film The Signal from 2007. That's um. That was released in 2007. It was. It was. Um. It's split into three parts about uh, uh, this very weird transmission going through cell phones and radios and televisions, which is turning people into killers. Watch that. It's a brilliant film, The Signal. But Cell, 2016 the film came out, Cell, and (laughs) Signal came out nine years prior to it, and it's still a million times better. (laughs) But there's this weird thing where it's like, in the film, John Cusack's hair, I don't know what the hell's going on with 
time has not been good to John Cusack. I'm just saying, and it's like at one point he's he's not wearing a hat, and when it, when all shitstorm kicks off in this train station or airport, or whatever it is that they are, he just reaches over and just grabs this hat from the floor and puts it on to cover up his dodgy hairdo. And then whenever he's not wearing it in the film, he's just like, oh, I've got to get my hat, put it back on. It's not even his hat in the beginning. I don't know what the thing is. I'm guessing somebody thought uh, you need to sort your hair out. And maybe he was growing it for another film, like Escape Plan 4 or something like that. Mm. And he needed a different hairdo. But this is weird. It's not a good film. You don't have to watch that one ever, Bob. It's terrible. <laughs> Read the book. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think. I haven't watched that many films at all, I don't think, I'm t- other than the ones I've just mentioned. So, yeah. um, What do you think about a new Saw film? The, 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 the Chris Rock thing's kind of yeah. baffling me. Chris Rock's wrote it. Well, he's part wrote it with the people who did Piranha 3D and Jigsaw, the previous Saw film. Yeah. Um, so he's pre he's wrote it with that. He's going to star in the film as well alongside Samuel Jackson, which oh. is very surprising. Yeah, yeah, Samuel Jackson is actually going to be it. He's going to be playing Chris Rock's father in the film. All right. uh, Chris Rock plays a police officer which is hunting down a serial killer. It's unknown if Tobin Bell's going to return as Jigsaw. Um, it's going to be directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, who did Source 2 to Source 4. So he's do- already done Saw films in the past, and it was supposed to come out on October 20th, but they've pushed it back to um, March next year. But at least it, um, just so, because it hadn't started to properly uh, begin shooting until yeah. the start of this month. So the no. turnaround would have been so small for it to be shot this month and for it to them dead together, get yeah. all the promotional material, stuff like that. I know they've done yeah. it before with, with films where they've um, look at with uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane and uh, the Cloverfield Paradox, the way yeah. uh, the Cloverfield Paradox was released. But they've done it before. Um, but yeah, um, they've pushed it back to March. I wouldn't be surprised if they push it back again. But at least Chris Rock's writing it. See what he does. It's got him and Samuel Jackson in it, and it's directed by a guy who's worked on Saw before. Saw two, three, and four. Four is bad, but two and three are not bad. Is this like a? Is it a reboot or is it a sequel? Or are we not reboot? Sh- so, right, okay. So yeah, it's we'll see. Or oh, what about um, a reboot of I Know What You Did Last Summer, but in TV form? <laughs> but in what? Sorry, in TV form. TV form. James Wan is directing the pilot episode for it. It's not a bit like Harper's Island, if you remember that one. I loved Harper's <laughs> Island. That was that fantastic. Was great. It was kept you on your feet and guessing, uh, oh, is that the serial killer? And each week it just eliminated one, so it was Cluedo. Yeah. For, um, it, that was came out like 2008 <laughs> or something like that. It was shown on BBC Three, 12 I episodes. Think there's on, I think there's only like me and you that know that show existed, yeah, I think. I loved, I loved Harper's <laughs> Island. Great. I would yeah. love to see it again just to see if it's actually aged very well or if you actually spot who the serial killer is in the first couple of episodes because you know who it is uh, by the end of it, but see if you spot it. But yeah, I remember Harper's Island. Very good. I think I might have to try and grab that <laughs> on DVD. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, so I'm sure CEX will probably have it for like a quid. Something I don't know if they actually released it on DVD or not. Um, it might be pretty hard to find. It might be you have to get it in sort of like nefarious fen- uh, ways. Ask a friend. Yes, Uncle Dave. Yeah, Uncle Dave, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Dave will be able to do it. I believe there's a free version of it out there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and Andy Circus is supposedly directing Venom 2. Oh, right. Because I saw the. Uh, the no, CEX will actually sell Harper's Island for £4 on Ooh. their website. 
Ooh, then definitely watch it. But yeah, Andy Serkis <laughs> is supposedly going to direct Venom 2. And uh, David Tuohy has uh, finished the script for the fourth Pitch Black film, which he's trying to Oh, cool. nice. Yeah. We're getting another Pitch Black. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Hopefully it's better than the second one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, how do you feel about them shooting the next two Halloween films back to back? Uh, how do I feel about two more Halloween films is probably about... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it, I, 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 quite enjoy, I enjoyed the last one. Yeah. Um, Give a Gordon Green um, writing it and directing it, considering again comic background. Um, mm -hmm. You would have thought that it's going to be really bad. Danny McBride wrote it as well, and so I think they actually did a really good job. But Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. The original rumor was that the um, well, the first one, the uh, David, uh, David Gordon Green one, that was supposed to have had been shot back to back. There was supposed to be two films, but right. he said that he wanted to concentrate more on this one itself and getting it up to scratch, getting it up to good ground. So he decided not to go with that idea. So the idea for parts two and three is it was always going to shoot them back to back, but they were going to release it next year. Um, and the first part was supposed to come out in the first week of October, and the second part was supposed to come out in the last week of October. Mm. So in 2020, that's the way they were originally going to do it. But now it's um, 2020 for the first part and 2021 for the second part. So they're actually releasing it a year apart, which is a smarter way to do it because it would just be too rushed. Well, more Halloween. Yeah, it would. But I'm okay with that. I didn't dislike the last one. So it's just... They're, they're rebooting a lot of all that kind of stuff. So Critics yeah, Attack, that was, that's released um, in two weeks' time on Blu-ray and DVD. So seeing what that's actually like. And they're redoing Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So, God, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yep. And... There's a film that you never would thought that would get a remake, but they are remaking The Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. What? <laughs> yep. Wow. They are remaking oh, wow. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I am not going to rush out and pre-order my uh, tickets for that one, I don't think. I, they really do need to have George Clooney to have an appearance in it. They, they do. Really do. He probably would. He'd be like, yeah. I'll do it. I don't mind. Let me be yeah. in it, please. Yeah, it's just annoyed be... that um, Leonardo DiCaprio's not making an appearance in Critters Attack. Yeah, I think he's a little bit highbrow for that now, whereas George Clooney's like, I'm up for it, I'm fine. And the reboot in the Leprechaun series again. <laughs> is, uh, is Warwick Davis back in this, nope. or have they just jettisoned him? They got nope. rid of him. They rebooted it twice. As a matter of fact, the second reboot is okay. It sort of like reminded you of a lot of the Warwick Davis original Leprechaun, the first couple. It's got that whimsical kind of silly nature to it, so it's much better than uh, Leprechaun Returns, which the Sci-Fi Channel did, which is garbage. <laughs> uh, what? Are we, how are we doing on? I was trying to think. Oh, any more Hellraiser movies? Um, they've still constantly going around with wanting to reboot that again as well, the Hellraiser series. Um, it is rumored that it is actually going to be turned into a TV series instead. Wow. Okay. Do you think that could work? I suppose it could. Um, it will only find a place on places like Hulu or um, uh, Shudder or something something like that. I don't think it'll actually find a, a network that will actually pick it up, considering the themes, bondage, sadomasochism. I know <laughs> you've seen all of that kind of stuff in American Horror Story, but yeah. I, I really don't think there's going to be a network out there apart from HBO, which HBO will not pick it up. So it'll probably go on somebody somewhere like Shudder, which is not a bad thing. I know in uh, September the new Creep Show is unveiled on. Which actually looks quite good. It does look quite good. Yeah. Remind me of Tales from the Crypt Keeper, and I would love to see that come back as well. <laughs> oh, didn't that? That was Tales. What was uh, what was the one that was going to come back? Wasn't it M Night or whatever that was 
trying to bring something back. Which was Tales from the Crypt. Was that one? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, trying, was, uh, he was trying to bring it back and it seemed interesting like what he wanted to do with it, but um, that never happened considering how bad uh, glass is. Um, so, yeah. Glass it, wasn't great, was it? It was pants. Uh, oh. Yeah, he was trying to bring that back, but we'll see. It'll be nice to see that come back or them actually release the ritual, which was the third in the, the movie series, but they never actually released it properly. So. I know too much. I need to just let my brain settle. <laughs> this is why you go away to a festival once a year. Yeah. Just, just you don't have to talk about film running times or, or you know, the, weird directors like Apichatongratical or directors like that is getting exactly. directed films like Cemetery of Splendor, which nobody has ever heard of, and think that I actually make them up on the spot about narcoleptic soldiers, which actually <laughs> does exist. No, no, I know that film's real because it is in my narcoleptic soldier section. Yeah. So okay, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> or a film called Detention, which has a time traveling bear in it. I oh, wow! My my favorite film title ever is still Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Yep. To this date, so <coughs> I do quite like that one. Or Hobo with a Shotgun, just while we tie it all back mm-hmm. to, uh, to Rucker Howard. Which, if you've not seen that one, Bob, check it out. It's crazy daft. It is good. Well, this is. I loved a lot of Rucker stuff. I've not seen much of the stuff he's done. You know, kind of over the last few years, but when he was really big in like you know the eighties, you know, started out like you say with uh, you know things like uh, you know, uh, Nighthawks. Oh well, yeah, was the first that was one his I, first. Yeah, that was his first main Hollywood one. Because I was looking down his filmography, I'm like, what was the first one I saw of his? Yeah, and it was Nighthawks in eighty one, yeah. with a very uh, young um, Sly Stallone as well, with a beard. Yeah. yeah. Billy D. Williams as well, if I remember mm-hmm. rightly enough. But, but again, yeah, it kind of it got on. Then, like say, you got Blade Runner and what have you. But things like you know, kind of wanted dead or alive. Yep. Yeah. He had like a like a resurgence after the Hitcher. Oh yeah. Didn't he? So you had that. You had Lady Hawk, the Jogger, yeah. Lady Hawk, Flesh Blind and Blood. Fury, which I know you're a big oh, fan yeah. of. <laughs> Flesh and Blood, I don't think I've seen. Is that the one where they, they're stealing bird eggs or whatever? No, no. It's set in um, kind of about 1510, I believe, uh, around the German Landsknecht era, where they're basically kind of a bunch of mercenaries. So Rutger's playing this guy dressed very odd with a massive two-handed sword. But, uh, yeah, good one. You know, they're basically kind of set off to you know, kind of, you know, take a, take a town and what have you. But yeah, it's, there's nudity in there, which is odd, but yeah, hey, there you go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what was the, the one with the bird eggs? There was one. I can't oh, remember what it's yeah. called. That's going to bug me now, but I remember seeing the trailer for that. So Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I think after the nineties, I think he just started doing sort of supported roles. We popped up in a couple of episodes of Alias. Yeah. And then you know, like the Chris Nolan, Batman, trilogy he popped up in as one of the the board members or whatever so he just popped up now and again but uh I remember the one with you yeah he was in dracula 3d and um as you said oh. hobo with a shotgun he was in that um he also um he did, did a lot of like voices for video games he did one for kingdom hearts 3 yes. i think that was right, the last okay. big big thing that he did he was also in the scorpion king 4 
I can't even believe that they had four films in the Scorpion I, King series. So I didn't even know there was a third one. Let alone yeah, a, he was in wow. Scorpion King four, so he did. Uh, he did a few interesting roles. Let's just say, but it was. I think it was after something like Hobo with a Shotgun. I think that was probably his last leading role, and so yeah. he probably just uh, went off and just did smaller, smaller pop-up RLB character in this one, a smaller character in this one, rather than. I think he might have knew at that point. The, the acting side of stuff was just taking too much toll on him. So that's yeah. maybe where he just thought, I'll play it a little bit more easier and do like TV series, mini series, just I'll show up every now and again, like True Blood and um, yeah. things like that. And then he one of his last roles was the voiceover in Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, and he had a, he's got a couple of bits and bobs coming out, but that's about it. Which, the, um, which was the, the one egg, with the, the exploding uh, collars? Yeah. I love that film. That was a great film. That's my one of my favourite Rutger films, other than The Hitcher. Yeah, but I love that one. But the um, the Bird Eggs one is called A Breed Apart from ah. 1984, which I, I've not seen it, but I remember the trailer because obviously as a teenager you look at it and you go, "Why would I want to watch that?" It's about stealing bird eggs. That looks well crap. Yeah, but I'm sure it's actually a good film. <laughs> but uh, he's he's done a lot. Yeah, a lot of stuff. He's in Smallville and all sorts. So he's still got a few films to come out as well that are in post-production. So. Yeah. But uh, a sad loss. Yep. So I asked um, Bob to pick a number between 2 and 13 earlier on because it's, it's topic time for next podcast episode. Ooh. And you picked number 11, didn't you, Bob? I did indeed, yes. So next time I want your top five films featuring extraterrestrials. Ooh. That's and please your, don't uh, choose the film Extraterrestrial because that's a cop-out. That's yeah, if you've yes. seen it anyway. The considering <laughs> if you if you look at films with the stupidest endings ever created, that's got one of the stupidest endings ever created in a film. Pretty much, that's got Michael Ironside in it, though. So it's no, there there, there is another film called Extraterrestrial, which came out a few years ago, and it's a oh. found footage film. Um, and the ending itself is when the the couple of people get abducted onto the alien spacecraft. The camera that they're using exits itself out of the alien spacecraft, comes through the Earth's atmosphere, lands back on Earth unharmed. It works perfectly fine. Wow. That is the ending <laughs> of Extraterrestrial. I dropped a camera once off my desk onto the floor and it broke, so can I need the model number of this yeah. intergalactic uh, camera. It was nice. perfectly fine. It just survives uh, re-entry. Yeah, the people mm. who picked it up in those stupid outfits um, just picked it up and looked at the little viewfinder on it and just start watching the footage of this alien abduction from these three people when they're out in the Nevada desert somewhere. <laughs> it's, a not, it's, it's an orkier film. That's the thing. It just has that stupid... Stupid ending. It's more stupid than the devil inside where it just flashes up with a website. Yeah. Go and look on the website to find the end into the film. Oh. I think I'll skip that extraterrestrial. I'm not going to put that on my list. No, nope, we'll uh, make my list either. And I will be texting Rob as well with the topic choice and if he's back next Sunday or whatever, yep. then uh, we shall do that. So I basically I have a list of lots of different topics and they're all numbered, so that's how uh, I think <laughs> Because it's been a while since we did a topic. Definitely. So top five films featuring extraterrestrials. Yes. I'm glad you've actually said that rather than typed it, because you could have mistyped it, and that would have been a totally different to- well, uh, subject. Extra testicles. That would so be only, words, like a no, rungy... No, 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 kill, no killer condom or something like that. <laughs> no, which is probably a real film. It is. It's a German it's film. What, 
One of my favourite quizzes that you've ever done, Stu, is when you just make up the, but you don't make them up, but you have these film titles. Yeah. And you're like, is this real or is it not? Kill, like, Killer Condom is actually a German film. I remember oh, watching oh it when God. there was, um, <laughs> back when Virgin Television was before Virgin Television, it was Cable and Wireless or NTL. Yeah. NTL. And yeah. um, it used to be channels used to stack on each other. And so there used to be a kids' channel that ran up until 8 o'clock. And then from 8 huh. o'clock until midnight, there used to be this movie channel called The Movie Channel. And then after that, it used to be The Adult Channel. And so <laughs> wow. if you subscribed to one of those channels, you got all three because Ooh. the way the channel worked. And so we had the children's channel. So you got the film channel and then the adult channel straight after. And I remember at around about 10 o'clock one evening on the film channel, the short Killer Condom. Because they used to, one day a week, they used to show like a cheesy film at 10 o'clock and it was Killer Condom one night and I watched it and I, I, that was the first place where I saw uh, Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes, not Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. So yeah. I, was, I didn't know there was a sequel to it. So I watched Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes as well and Killer Condom is a stupid film. <laughs> Sounds it. I was going to say, I can't really see too many A-listers being in it. Yeah, that, not, not at all. Yeah, it was It was sort of like the kind of thing that Uvia Boll would have directed, because it was the German government that used to just throw money at directors left, right and centre for them to actually create films for their film industry. And now they've even banned um, Uvia Boll, so even he can't make a film on German budget now. But yeah, it, it's, a, it's a German film, and it's a stupid film, Killer Condom. <laughs> So I was going to say, if you were going to have to do a remake of that, who would you cast? Oh. <laughs> um, da, da, um, who do I want I'm, I'm to see to getting of... these bits bitten off? <laughs> Justin Bieber. Let's bring him into. No, the it would mean I would have to watch him in a film. Yeah. Naked. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. George Clooney, there you go. Just leave it with George Clooney. Yeah. He'll do it. He'll do anything. He'll, he will, because he's doing the Tomatoes remake. Yeah. So yeah. he might as well do Killer Condom. Yep. So that's cool. So what's the next film you're excited about watching, Stu? Have you got anything lined up for this week? For um, Well, Bury Tomorrow, which I've gone over. Die Tomorrow, sorry, which I've gone over, which I'm reviewing. Um, also reviewing Dumbo, which I've not seen, which I do have there to watch. The new Dumbo movie. Disney live action remake, which I've seen the Lion King one, which I was very disappointed by. Um, I didn't don't like think it. you'll be too changed with Dumbo then. Yeah, I think I think that would be the case. So I've got that to watch. Um, it's just whatever f- uh, pops up. The next yeah. film that I can't wait for at the cinema is It Chapter 2. But like yes. I said, I can't see very much over the next few months. That is just making me go, ooh, I really want to see that. I want to watch um, High Life, the Claire Denis movie, the one with Robert Patterson in it. That's out in a few weeks' time which uh, I'll be reviewing that in a few weeks' time, which looks a really intriguing film. So I really want to watch that. But that's a... Oh, um, Lighthouse, Robert Eggers' new film, the guy who did The Vivitch or The Witch. That's it. And it's also got Robert Patterson in it as well. Um, Yeah, I've heard that one. And Willem Dafoe. He's in a black and white film. Um, with uh, about a lighthouse which has got something uh, spooky happening to it so that's coming out at the end of the year which I want to see Captive State as well which is a film that dropped off the radar in the UK uh, but it has got an official release date now it's coming out in October which I do want to see that as well uh, Rupert Wyatt's new film so the guy who directed the last um, Apes film so that, yep. that movie as well I really want to see but that's pretty much about it I think for me it's it chapter two, but I also really want to watch Darling by Pollyanna McIntosh, the third film in the woman series, Ooh. which, uh, funnily enough, I, I 
well, I can't go meet her because I'm working. I can't get the time off. Oh. She's going to be in Manchester for Grimfest. She's going to be in London for Frightfest. Can't get time off for either of them. Great. So, you know, I love my day job slash night job for allowing me to pay bills. But it kind of sucks when I can't go and do the things I really, really want to do. Yeah. But I want to watch that film. Not only to see how well she's doing it directing, but for the continuation of the story. Because I love the woman. Yeah, and I want to see Rabbit, the Soska sisters version of Rabbit, just to see what it's actually really like. But it's been delayed. It's not out until next year now. So, oh. um, And have you seen the hate that they were given on Twitter? Twitter supposedly yeah, t- banned yeah. them. They did. They banned them twice. Which is yeah. ridiculous. And I'm not quite sure why, because I didn't see the tweet. They weren't sure neither. I saw their, their no. post on Facebook because I follow them. It's a good job that I follow them on Facebook as well. And I saw the post on Facebook regarding what Twitter did to them. And I was looking at it going, I'm just looking at that. Is it the poster? And I've seen worse on Twitter, Twitter regarding that. You can even find porn on Twitter now since Tumblr yeah, just threw it away. Really, and, because they, they've really got this graphic filter thing where you can click on it like Facebook do. And if it is something that you think it's something graphic, you can put it behind a graphic filter. And I just can't see why they're, they're not the kind of people that would stir up any kind of um, no. fighting on, on Twitter or anything yeah. like that. So I don't get why. No, I don't. But they're back. Yeah. They're back under the Twisted Twins Good. thing. But they, they were gone for a little while and they even opened another one up. Uh, but a lot of people were obviously tweeting at Twitter going, what's the matter with you? Why are you yeah. banning them? For God's sake, they're only advertising a you know, big budget movie that they've done. They're not. Showing was porn like a lot of people. The last film they did was See No Evil 2, and it's been a while since they've been behind the camera and released something new, so I want to see, yeah, can't wait to see what they do with Rabbit. But I put my press release out for the reissue of the Cronenberg Rabbit, yeah. and uh, the Suska sisters picked up on that and tweeted out for me, so I'm like, thank you. It's, it's, a, it's, all right. it's a good film, but I do like the trailer that they released of it because it feels a different film. Which is, yeah. that's the way you do remake. You don't remake uh, like for like in a way. Yeah. You need to do your own take on it. I think that's what the Suskers, if anybody can do it differently, it's the Suskers sisters. Because yeah. they're weirdly brilliant. And they're going to be in London as well for Fright Fest, showing Rabbit. Uh, so it's like another, another reason. Another reason. The thing that sucks is, and I could get them for you as well, Stu, press access for that. Mm-hmm. Not April. I've only been told I can get it. But it's the accommodation in London that's the kicker. Mm. You know, going and sitting watching films for five days, it's fine, it's easy. We both love doing it, but you've still got to put yourself up in London for five days. Steering the hostel. Been, yeah, <laughs> that's probably what I'm going to... I, I think for next year, maybe we should plan it. Yeah, so definitely. I'll, I'll bag us both, and we'll just rent an Airbnb or something like that and just go, right, let's go uh, and, and proper do I'll it. I'll definitely be... I would love to, because Frightfest is one of the things on my bucket list as well. I've already ticked download off that, so Frightfest is the next thing I would love to go and go to so definitely well make sure you chase me up next year for that because i remember it was last year when i messaged the guy who's in charge of all the pr i won't name him because he might not want his name out but i said look what are the odds on me getting press passes for fright fest he went it's not a problem you've been putting out articles and stuff for years it's fine consider it done and i've just never been able to get there now so even if i don't then i'm sure you can go and and gather coverage on behalf of yeah, me. and can um, that would be can, amazing. I would um, probably get ready to block me on Twitter on probably January the fourth because you're going to get constant um, messages from me from <laughs> January the first onwards. Go for it, it's fine. But yeah, no, genuinely do. I can uh, I can arrange that. So that is good. Um, like it, Bob. What's the next film you're looking forward to watching, and which house are you going to be watching it in? Is the question. <laughs> well, like I say, hopefully the move will be happening either a week on Tuesday or two weeks on Tuesday. 
Mm-hmm. I've still got my fingers crossed. Um, so over there, uh, the good news is, as uh, I don't know if I told you, I've already saw her, um, kind of sourced the closest cinema. So nice. oh, that's just down the road. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's good. easy one to get to. Um, I don't know. I've not really kept up with what's coming out when. I know kind of Stu will have a go at me, but one of the ones that I want to watch just for cheese factor, if you would, is Hobbs and Shaw. No, it looks yeah. awful. It, it does looks look really awful, awful. To be honest, yeah. Even the trailers <laughs> put you off, but it's going yeah. to be full of cheese. I know, but it looks... I mean, I love the Fast and the Furious movies. All of them. Even the third one, which everybody bashes. But I saw the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw, and it did nothing for me at all. I'm just I, like... I still want to watch it. it. Just, uh, the, I think there's going to be a couple of laughs, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Shows you how much interest I'm seeing Hobbs and Shaw take the same week as the Angry Birds movie too, and I'm more interested in seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. Oh. That's grim. But I think the uh, the next film I'm going to watch will be tomorrow, and it's the reissue of Sixteen Candles. Arrow, I've got a special thing of that out, so I'm going to be sitting watching that. But uh, yeah, other than that, I'm yeah, I have nothing else. I'm all out of Ray Donovan episodes. I'm, well, like I said, I'll tell you what, I did buy Stu, which she'll be quite happy with me. I've not watched it yet, but I have a I think it's three discs. It's a big funky presentation set of Crimson Peak. Oh, I love that film. Andy didn't like it at all. Which I, I I can't believe he didn't like that that at all. But um, yeah, it's a good film, really good film. Because I'd forgotten about that film. You know, it came out. Nobody, I watch it, I watch it, and then nobody really talks about it anymore. And I think I don't know if it was you or somebody else that mentioned it a few weeks back. And I'm like, oh, I need to watch that. And then Arrow did this buy one get one free website offer horrible gets because I ended up spending about seventy quid on <laughs> uh, on lots of lots of Blu-rays, and one of them was this big collector's edition of uh, Crimson Peak, which is pretty huge with lots of goodies and stuff inside it. So I will uh, sit and watch that at some point. Yeah, definitely. And just uh, if people are interested, there's a documentary come out in cinemas at the end of August regarding um, the origins of the film Alien. It's called Memory. Um, it's out and it's actually getting a uh, theatrical release. So um, it's the untold story behind Ridley Scott's Alien. So rather than some of the documentaries that we've seen on the, the discs of um, the multitude versions of Alien, no matter if you've got the basic edition all the way up to Blu-ray editions or something like this, this is a kind of story that we've not seen. And it digs down into the past of Dan O'Bannon and H.R. Geiger as well. So yeah, it's out in cinemas, selected cinemas, but it should be released quite soon after on Blu-ray and DVD. But keep an eye on Memory: The Origins of Alien. It's out on the thirtieth of August. Sounds good, especially because I thought I knew everything about Alien. Because, like you said, there's been multitudes of documentaries, but it'll be nice to see it from the point of view of that isn't Ridley Scott. Yeah, because they have interviews with like actresses like Veronica Cartwright and things like us, that as well, just to properly dig down into deep regarding things like the reaction she- scene with the chestburster and, and <laughs> all of that, that that kind of stuff as well, but also digging down behind the mythologies about how Hedgehog Geiger created them using like Greek mythology and Egyptian mythology as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's supposed to be a very in-depth documentary, but yeah, keep an eye on it. Well, indeed. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I shall let you two gentlemen retire for the evening. Thank you very much, Stu. Let's not leave it eight, nine months until the next time we do it. I've, uh, I do miss our horror shows, so I think maybe we should even do a monthly one of those now. Yeah, I think it would be would be nice. Listening to some of the older episodes, I'm like, damn, I miss that sort of yeah, stuff. As you can tell, I don't know very much thing um, uh, stuff about films itself, so I don't know what more I can bring. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, we could teach you. You'll start to remember names and stuff. It does with time. It gets uh, a little bit easier. Uh, Abby Chapup, Abby Chakpong, isn't it? Something like that. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, oh. I shall let you two guys go. But thank you very much again. Thank you both. And uh, I hope you all have a great week. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.